Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Friday the 29th of August. Well, coming up in today's packed show, I've got a really, really fantastic series of interviews with participants and organisers of a conference on social entrepreneurship which took place earlier this year at an amazing venue in central London just under the Oxo Tower for those of you who know the South Bank. Fantastic interviews, uh, really, really, really inspiring. So uh, I hope you all look forward to those. I've also got a really very impressive first book review from uh, listener Peter Henderson uh, who has sent in the first audio book review from all of those books that I sent out to you guys out there. This is the first audio one to come back. Got a few more lined up for future shows. So, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to listen to Peter's review of a book by Charles and Elizabeth Handy. Other than that, uh, as you might have noticed, I've been on a kind of, not, I haven't actually been away, but there's been a sort of small, small biz pod break. Only one podcast in the month of August, but that's kind of traditional for Small Biz Pod. Uh, lots more podcasts to come in the coming months. And uh, as a result, lots of interesting comments as well that have collected over the last uh, weeks or so. So I'll run through some comments at the end of this show. Uh, and also Facebook group. Still forging ahead well over 500 people now in this Small Biz Pod Facebook group. So if you're on Facebook like lots of people are, or you haven't experimented with it yet, head over there, join Facebook, and sign up to the Small Biz Pod group. It would be really, really, really good to see you counted amongst the 500-plus who are there already. And that is just about it for the moment. Um, let's go straight into uh, the uh, review that Peter Henderson, who's a director of Pisces Limited, which is a software company uh, based in Scotland, Let's go into his review of The New Philanthropists, uh, an appropriate book to be part of a podcast that's focusing on social entrepreneurship. The New Philanthropists by Charles and Elizabeth Handy. Giving away money has never seemed so fashionable. We've all heard of celebrities like Bono, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett getting their considerable wealth and profile behind causes that are close to their hearts. But this book by Charles Handy and illustrated with photos by wife Elizabeth, seeks to examine the stories of 23 venture philanthropists who have invested their time and money into creating unique charitable enterprises, each addressing a different need at home or overseas. You'll have heard of some of the entrepreneurs, Tom Hunter, Gordon Roddick, Ricardo Semler, but you might not have heard of Sarah Davenport, who sold her art business to found a breast cancer charity. Despite not knowing all that much about breast cancer, or running a charity. Each entrepreneur gets a chapter. Just a few pages describe who they are and looks at their motivation for getting involved, as well as describing the venture enterprises they have created and the impact they're having. One of the things I like about the book is the way the entrepreneurs get to tell their own stories. My favourite business books are autobiographies. No amount of theory can replace first-hand, been-there-done-that experience, and this book's like having 23 mini-biogs in one handy volume. The chapters are short, not too much detail, in fact just what an entrepreneur likes, the essentials, enough to inspire further research if your interest has been caught. And I appreciated the fact that Handy doesn't attempt to add much by way of explanation or comment. 
the stories more or less speak for themselves. Each entrepreneur has a different motivation. Ex-footballer Tony Adams recovered from severe alcohol issues and went on to found an alcohol support service for sportsmen, while Ram Gudumal bases his work with the Christmas Cracker charity on his own Christian faith and the servant model of Jesus. However, there are some common themes. One thing that struck me was the fact that most of the ventures are run very much as businesses, charging those who can afford to pay while supporting those who cannot. The other key element was that the entrepreneurs like to be in control, to set things up, have the big idea, but they all want the thing they have created to be able to survive without them. They want to move on to the next thing. And it's the restlessness that comes through most of all, the need to be involved in lots of projects and to be in control. The introduction by Handy describes venture philanthropists as occasionally attracting criticism by charging in, treading on the toes of established agencies and failing to properly research the implications of their actions. But surely this is what entrepreneurs do. They make fast decisions, they get the ball in play, and then see how the game develops. Handy intends that the book serves as an inspiration for business people, to get more involved in good causes, but it also serves as a real window into what makes an entrepreneur tick. It's a very different book to some of Handy's more philosophical works, but it's a welcome addition to my bookshelf. Well, Peter, thanks ever so much for that. I mean, that was really, uh, really superbly crafted review. Setting a very high standard for people, but um, I've got another one in, which is very good too. So uh, please do send in your reviews when you have a moment. Uh, I think there's about 14 or 15 books out there, so there'll be plenty to listen to down the line. So thanks again, Peter, for that. Really excellent. And a good book, that one. A good book by um, Charles and Elizabeth Handy. So well worth a read. So now let's just go straight into uh, interviews with people at this incredible three-day unconference, as they're known, on social entrepreneurship, which was held in the Barge House, which is an old kind of industrial dock, well, sort of a dock-side um, warehouse, I suppose. Still has that kind of real industrial feel, but it was designed and decorated and kitted out beautifully the atmosphere was fantastic it's one of the only times in recording my podcast where I've actually thought god I wish I was a video podcast so it would have been really good because you get a lot of the atmosphere and my uh, my description of the actual venue is kind of somewhat lacking but what isn't lacking is the uh, the quality of the people that I interviewed so uh, without further ado um, here is my little tour of day one of Shine. I'm at the Shine conference and there's great bars, it's fantastic. The Barge House here is an amazing venue uh, on the South Bank. And I'm gonna doorstep somebody <laughs> who's sitting down in the cafe area. Who are you and why are you here? My name is Jason Mullering, and I'm with Social Enterprise Southeast, or we're also called SE Squared Partnership, mm -hmm. and um, really here to network with social entrepreneurs and social enterprises, because we're all about social enterprise in the southeast of England. And uh, do you advise? Are you offer funding? Uh, how are you funded? <laughs> well, at the moment, we're, we're funded through our regional development agency, um, but that's just for a short time, and then... We, we're moving to uh, a sustainable model where we'll be generating our own, our own money. 
Um, so really what we do is we bring together the resources and the expertise for social enterprise in the southeast. So we work with about 20 different partners um, in the region, all aimed at helping social enterprises get, get money and get uh, information and communications and develop their markets and that sort of thing. What, what kind of role do you guys play that is different to kind of traditional business support services like Business Link? Well, what we do is we help um, connect the silos, if you will. That, that there's already lots of support out there, um, and they're all doing a great job. But what we want to do is create more momentum by um, taking all of that support and uh, linking it together. And um, without showing any sign of favoritism whatsoever, which one social entrepreneurship business or social enterprise, I should say, more yeah. succinctly, should I interview? Uh, here? Well, probably the School for Social Entrepreneurs. I don't know if you've talked to Nick, who's sitting right next to me. Uh, I think I thought, yeah, the School for Social Entrepreneurs I've heard of. <laughs> Are you Alex? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listen to small business. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember whether, uh, whether you were. I might, you might as well be. So, what do you do? The School for Social Entrepreneurship. What is uh, that? I'm the director of policy and communications. Yeah. Uh, so I'm blogging about this event at the moment oh, on WordPress. I'm very impressed. Yeah, we've got a kind of social reporting platform set up. So I'd be interested to link in with whatever yeah. you put up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're having live video go up yeah. and Flickr and all that kind of stuff. Cool. It's all quite exciting. And School for Social Entrepreneurs does year-long programs of training and support for kind of particularly pre-start startup social entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. from yeah. a really diverse range of backgrounds. So yeah. long-term unemployed, refugees, sitting next to graduates and career mm. changes from business mm. and getting some very interesting networks going. It's like a com combination of personal development with organizational development. And uh, yeah, over the past 10 years, we think we've had some good results. Yeah. Um, how, what's your sense of growth in social enterprise at the moment? There's definitely uh, a big growth. I mean, when we started, I think, you know, the term social entrepreneur was, you know, raised question marks in people's eyes rather than pound signs, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is some wider trends like around ethical consumerism, around self-employment, around people wanting a purpose from their job intersect. And, and we've got a kind of culture and environment that's there's meaning a lot more people are interested in this area um, and interested in different hybrid business models combining their ethical purpose with the way they operate with what they want to achieve out of life and so for us we're seeing a growth um, I mean obviously it's been around since the dawn of time really just we call it different things and for us it's very much about what people do rather than what we call it. Fantastic. Thanks very much. And interesting you should be using all these uh, sort of social media tools, it appears. Um, how does that help? Um, well, I think we're, what we wanted for this conference was it, for it to be really accessible. Um, a lot of the other conferences are either too expensive or not actually that relevant in many ways in terms of practical terms mm. for really grassroots, small-scale entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs. Um, and part of making it accessible is also making it accessible to people who can't be here. Um, so we're trying out a whole range of social technology to try and get the message out there um, around live blogging, around little video snapshot interviews, um, Twitter, uh, and all the, all the other jargon that you can roll out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I've just come from a TechCrunch meetup, which is just down along the way. 
um, down the South Bank today. Um, so interesting that we should, so there's a theme developing here. Uh, great venue. Um, a very inspiring place. It's got a good vibe about today. Yeah. So, uh, I hope and it, hopefully uh, for the next two days as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll see. We're kind of, I don't know whether it's a good thing with the weather being so good or not. I think a lot of people are having lunch on the riverbank at the moment. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's got a really good buzz and a lot of energy. And it's really what we wanted. Very kind of practical and dynamic and yeah. about connecting people it's about these conversations much yeah. more than listening to a big keynote speaker absolutely and interesting that you should have chosen an, un- an unconference format which is quite a rare and brave thing to do yes i mean uh, it always raises an eyebrow when you say it's an unconference but um you know we're learning by doing it's an experiment and it's one we hope to continue over the next few years as well and and we're going to learn so much from doing this event uh today and over the next couple of days and we'll see what it turns into over the next few years I can't remember exactly what they do though. What does Unlimited do all week? Um, we're a national charity and we give out grants to individuals who want to change the world for better by setting up new projects that can generate positive social impact in the local communities. How do you choose them? There must be lots of people like that. There are lots of people like that. Uh, basically, we have a very simple application form and then if we find that they're presenting an interesting idea, we'll meet with them. And then that goes to a board of trustees and they make the decision on which ones to support or not. So it's a, a social enterprise dragon's den, except not so ferocious. Uh, well, a continuous dragon's den in that case. But yeah, we have some really cracking projects coming through. I just have to say, I mean, this is a, a fantastic... I've been to some unconferences, but never an unconference in such a glorious location. I mean, this is an extraordinary venue... How are you enjoying it, and who are you, uh-huh. and why are you here? Okay, I'm Olivia, I'm yeah. a photographer, but I'm here because I'm part of Haringey Arts, mm-hmm. uh, which is a new arts organisation based, umbrella arts, arts organisation, sorry, based in Haringey in North London, and I'm here to try and network and meet you know, more people to get ideas and feedback for projects that I would like to do and that we would like to do as an organisation yeah. off the ground, and so yeah, I'm just you know, milling about, getting loads of really good advice from lots of different people. And what role does art play in... Haringey? No, no, well, no, not in Haringey. I wasn't going to abuse Haringey. I was just going to abuse art. <laughs> no. What role does it play in, in the kind of social enterprise space? Because, I mean, it's, 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 traditionally it's very tough to find funding for arts projects, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a specialist on yeah, getting arts funding, which is why I'm here in a way. Yeah. And I've, I've been able to get funding to do fundraising workshops, yeah. etc. And that's really helpful. So, yes, I still need to get around that. I'm, I'm still learning. Um, I think art and creativity is, seems to be everywhere, every single bit yeah, of yeah. You know, information yeah. of all these people in this building and seems to help... Um, get anything, business or whatever, off the ground in a better way and open people's minds and perceptions about the world and other people to, you know, create, a, you know, a better society, I suppose, mm-hmm. that you, you're not just using one part of your brain but using both parts and, and you can sometimes think of a problem very differently if you look at it from a kind of more creative way, you know, perspective, sorry. What, give us an example of something you'd, uh, of a good project you would like to, uh, you, you'd like to do. Well, personally, I'm, I'm set on something quite, hopefully quite realistic and quite simple, running art slash photography mainly, or visual anyway, workshops in my local community to give an opportunity to people from the estates, from, you know, all these 
areas that are not really cared for very much, apart from the social services, a place and a space to be you know, respected a bit more, taken a bit more seriously and just given an opportunity to maybe discover a talent, mm. an inspiration that they would, in their daily lives, never think of using or developing because it's completely irrelevant to their daily, you know, chores. So that's what I'd like to do. Very, you know, straightforward, yeah, 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 run yeah, some yeah. workshops for the kids, for the mothers, for the, you know, for anyone who yeah, can yeah. be bothered and would be able to come and hopefully get that funded so they don't have to pay and get some equipment, hopefully maybe do some exhibition, you know, or plural exhibitions at the end. And yeah, that's it. Right now, that's what I personally would like to do. The arts organisation has lots of other objectives, essentially networking lots of um, creative businesses together to create a more vibrant, creative you know, community in Haringey, which is not known for its creative community. <laughs> so that's the idea. Uh, my name's Ned. I work for The Hub, which is a, uh, a space for social entrepreneurs and environmental entrepreneurs. Um, the idea being you get a lot of people doing um, interesting things, put them in a room together, then um, more things come of it, good things happen. Uh, Where are you based? I'm based in Islington, in Torrens Street. Um, at the moment, and um, we're opening a, we're actually opening a new hub in Kings Cross um, in September. So um, that's where a lot of our focus is at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's that's in the pipeline and, and due to open this September. And anyone with an interest in social enterprise can go down there and meet meet other people in the space. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're it's um, going to be we've got a, a sort of quite a unique membership model and uh, you can basically buy time in the space um, as opposed to physical square footage and it means we keep the rates really really low and um, you get really high densities of people in there and lots of um, lots of interesting meetings occurring and that sort of thing um, so that's how it's, how it's going to work with a few twists at King's Cross won't be, won't be exactly the same as Islington yeah. but basically it's going to follow the same, the same model Cool, thanks for your time No worries, yeah, that was quick Luke Rafters um, here at Shine and I'm still staggered by the, uh, actually the beauty of this kind of industrial uh, venue, which is Barge House under the Oxo Tower. It really is beautifully put together and makes me wish that I had video rather than audio today, but there we are. Uh, anyway, um, we're in a, a very mellow, interesting space. Luke, why are you here? Um, I'm studying uh, sustainable development, actually, and um, I'm doing my thesis on human needs and, and how we can better change our social processes to address human needs, um, a variety of a wide spe spectrum of human needs beyond looking at just sort of subsistence and material things, which has been historically the, uh, the aim of most of what we've done. Mm. And so um, I think social entrepreneurship is, is one of those areas that has a lot of huge potential. It's so broad and uh, it has a potential to address more human needs than, than the tr traditional structures of, of um, Capitalism, really, I think it's it, it's uh, filling. Well, it, work, it ideally should work to fill in the gaps to uh, 
to to um, meet a lot more human needs while still providing the same the services and uh, help to sort of remedy a lot of the problems that have that have arisen from um, having just a purely market driven mm. sort of uh, approach to everything. And um, you say you're you're researching the topic, or are you you how are you doing that? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a master's student right now, so we're just um, just sort of finishing up our thesis on. Um, on ways that people can make um, their processes um, address more human needs. Give me an example. I mean, do you mean um, uh, spiritual needs? Do you mean? Um, well, it's interesting you ask that because yeah. as uh, we're standing in this this uh, room right now, and it's yeah. it's been uh, it's been set out as um, all these all these different things are are is sort of an exhibit on human needs. So yeah. there's all these things on the wall. There's posters about shopping and drugs and things, which are satisfiers or maybe you know. Which are things that maybe satisfy some human needs, but some don't. Yeah. Um, this is this exhibit, I think, is based on the um, concept of human needs of Manfred Max Neef. So there's he has a concept of needs with uh, nine hu- fundamental human needs: um, uh, creation, affection, um, protection, subsistence, etc. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, just looking more at um, especially the, the needs that have traditionally been neglected. Um, Identity, understanding, and um, trying to build those into processes through more, more involvement and cooperative action. And in a in an in an enterprise context, shouldn't ordinary businesses cater to all of human need? I mean, it, it, surely they would be, be more profitable, more happy, more productive, uh, more useful places um, if they addressed the needs of their co-workers. Yes, I would definitely argue that. I, I think the the, uh, the mindset of sort of Western culture hasn't really caught up to that yet. It's still um, it's the norm to have sort of hierarchical power structures and and uh, con- direct control over the process of workers. And uh, I think yeah, to to address human needs, that that needs to change. And hopefully, that's where where tr- like even traditional um, uh, companies will hopefully go in the future. But uh, I don't. We're not there yet. It's interesting stuff. Uh, just to, to, to come to some sort of practical um, issues that you've identified in your research, have you discovered businesses or enterprises that have maybe one or two examples of practical things that allow them to cater to a greater range of needs? We had a few case studies of, of, of yeah. really, really good examples of, of organizations that were doing that. Um, one good example that we thought was quite uh, cute, really, was um, in, it's in Oklahoma, and it's um, it's a senior center, so a, a nursing home, mm-hmm. and they've incorporated into their lobby um, a two two room schoolhouse for for junior kindergarten or um, preschool, uh-huh. and so there's they have a reading program where where the children and the seniors read together, and and they found that um, firstly that the children are doing extremely well, like they're oh, they're yeah, yeah. miles ahead of all the other ch- children in the state. Yeah. And um, on the senior side, they've they've uh, really dropped off on the, the number of antidepressants they've had to give out. Uh, and yeah. so the, the seniors are living longer, they're happier, and it's just it's uh, it's uh, apparently it's it's just a really as as nursing homes go, it's it's just yeah. a great place to be. Okay, Buzzacott. 
Who are you? Uh, we're a firm of accountants. No, 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 who are you personally? You're a firm of accountants. Oh, yeah, we are. No, no, no. Yeah. Now we're talking. Come on. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, my name's Eddie Fench. I'm a partner at Buzzercom. Yeah. And uh, we're here to talk to people about um, tax and the way it might affect their business and the kind of structures they might want to get into, uh, legal and... Yeah. Well, not legal and illegal, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, legal yeah. structures they might want to get into to manage their tax. But the the main driver from our point of view is to think about what you're trying to achieve first yeah. and worry about the tax second. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've just done a, a presentation session, but we're available for sort of people to bend our ears anytime yeah, yeah. over the next couple of days. Yeah. Now... Um, the structure of a social enterprise is quite a thorny issue, isn't it? What, uh, and I guess, you know, there's a case-by-case base issue. I mean, it's a case-by-case base issue. Um, there are charitable structures, and then, then, there are, then there are sort of specifically designed social enterprise yeah. structures. Can you just outline the kind of the, the key options and which you think is right generally, if indeed you do think one is right generally? And I... Yeah, I think almost the answer, the clue to the answer to that was in the way you asked. We certainly don't think one particular structure would suit every organization's needs. Uh, What what we were exploring in the session was that for a lot of organizations, particularly ones that don't spend all their money in the same year they generate it, uh, there is a case for charitable status purely from a tax-driven point of view. But for many other organisations, charitable status is just unthinkable because it means the social entrepreneur gets control taken away from them, yeah. uh, the investment opportunities for other people just aren't there. So the, the variety of structures really depend on uh, whether, whether you want to attract outside investment, in which case some kind of corporate structure, yeah. particularly a company, maybe a CIC, yeah. makes sense. And CIC? Community Interest Company. Uh, community Interest Company has its advantages in terms of brand because people can um, associate with the fact that it's specifically a community-oriented enterprise. The asset lock means people can be confident that it's not being run for people to make an outrageous amount of money. However, the the caps on returns may be a disincentive to mainstream Mm. investors Mm. to come on board. But then, as as we're all hoping, there's a market out there for social investors. People who will accept a constrained return hopefully are out there as well. Um, one of the things we do look at is, um, given that charitable status can offer really good um, benefits from a tax point of view, but maybe isn't completely sympathetic with the objects of being a, a social enterprise, yeah. uh, is, is ways that you can gain the benefit of charitable status at the same time as retaining the independence and flexibility of, of a social enterprise model. Uh, and that really involves having a relationship with a charity other than being subsidiary to it or being a charity yourself yeah. and, and maybe having a charity off to the side that you use um, or that you have a relationship with that you can make donations to but that it might support some of your projects so the, the, the kind of the charitable the charitable donation element from your profit defers some of the tax burden potentially yeah, yeah. but but it's problematic to try and do that purely as a tax device because that yeah. just doesn't wash with the revenue or anybody else yeah. Yeah. it is an interesting topic and and I can't, yeah no, I mean I, I think it is an interesting yeah. copy and, it, and and particularly when business it's a, it's a, a debate that is quite a tricky one for for social yeah. entrepreneurs um, so thanks for your time pleasure. Natalia Fernandez from the New Economics Foundation, which, as, I've, as I was just saying, I actually uh, I actually worked a little bit with the New Economics Foundation about five years ago. 
Uh, interesting organization and at this very interesting fun conference. Why are you here? We're here to talk about the BizFizz project, which is a national project to support entrepreneurs. We're located right across the country and we've worked in over 30 areas so far. Mm -hmm. We also have another project, uh, the Local Alchemy Project, which also supports entrepreneurs but has a more strategic um, effect within a community. We tend to work in areas of economic decline mm -hmm. and we support entrepreneurs to follow their passion, start up the businesses that they want to start up, but trying to do that with as little stress as possible by providing a coach rather than an expert mm -hmm. to actually support them in that in that project of yeah, yeah. I, w I used to work with NEF when you did something called Inner City 100 which was sort of celebrating uh, successful entrepreneurs in, mm -hmm. in inner cities and the impact that entrrepreneurship could have in terms of generating uh, income and wealth and employment Absolutely. within areas of the country particularly inner cities that are underprivileged now that to me sounds like these both these that projects sounds happening. like it's still the, the core element definitely we we actually do believe that in supporting those entrepreneurs within those communities that they are creating wealth within the communities they're also creating employment and they employ locally mm. there is a multiplier effect which which is really relevant and very important yeah. and in addition to that we also look at the triple bottom line so when we're working with clients we're asking them if they're sourcing locally yeah. if they're considering how deliveries are coming in, um, if they're actually looking at where the money is going once they start to make a profit, again, is it being spent locally? So, yes, that is still a main focus for us. Not all social enterprises about, is about using the money in a local context necessarily, is it? Whereas, whereas this is very much the, your focus. How does BizFizz, how does it work? We put a coach into a community. The coach will work with a population of anything from 5,000 to 25,000. Um, the coach will work with, on average, 120 entrepreneurs over a two-year period. And they, they literally support the entrepreneur. We use coaching as a tool because it actually leaves the client with a tool that they can use. So rather than having an expert who always provides the answers, we actually use a methodology so that when we're gone they can continue to use that same methodology to try and move forward yeah. when we aren't there. And um, presumably, like in, in any, any ordinary entrepreneurial endeavour, there are some people who've got it and there are some people who don't and there are some people whose businesses evolve and flourish and there are some who, that, that, that disappear. Mm. How do you deal with that, bearing in mind the kind of the, 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 the social beneficial motive because there must be people in inner cities who have a rough life decide you support them in setting up their business and then their business fails that's quite tough isn't it yeah absolutely firstly it isn't for us to decide whether they have a business that we think will be successful mm. but through coaching sessions they actually work out whether their idea is viable yeah and they make the decision whether they should go forward or not mm -hmm. and it's also important to note that for some people running a business isn't the right the yeah, right yeah. thing for yeah. them and actually through coaching sessions they come up with that decision themselves yeah. so there is less likelihood of failure less likelihood of losing money because obviously some entrepreneurs do make an investment it, that may be a small sum but a grand sum to that particular mm. individual mm. so that's really important um, and so we do help them to make the right decision as to whether they move forward or not yeah no, that's good to hear yeah. 
one success story example. Um, we have a client in Derbyshire who set up a valet service and uh, the valeting service was actually doing incredibly well and he has now employed people. In the third year of the project, another gentleman came along and said he'd like to start a valeting business and everybody thought this was going to be a real threat to the existing business but in reality the existing business said it's getting really busy for us so we will actually start to redirect business to this new chap and the new chap who sometimes had offers of large contracts would actually direct them to the already established business and so we've not only got an, a business that's set up and employing people but also mentoring a new business and a new business ah, that's no, sending that's business smart. both ways so that's an interesting model actually cool yeah that's very cool thanks for your time you're welcome so there we are I'll um I'll leave you to think about all that. I just think that the energy and the passion behind the people involved in the social entrepreneurship scene in the UK at the moment is so self-evident and it's a you know it's a very exciting area of business. Uh, and by the way, uh, I'm assuming shine will happen again next year. This last one was in May, so next spring, next early summer if it's on uh, definitely go to it. Really, really one of the best conferences related to entrepreneurship that I've been to all year. Okay, now on to a few comments. And this one came in on Facebook. See, people do interact on Facebook. It's really quite good. It works. Um, Emily Tarrant uh, messaged me on Facebook and said that um, she has just launched um, a new blog called Brilliant Business Books Blog. Um, and I'll put a link in the, the show notes to that. And it just struck me, that it was very timely because I'd, I'd been talking about the book reviews on Small Biz Pod for a while. So there we are, it's a kind of complimentary uh, blog there. So do check out Emily's blog and um, maybe we'll, uh, we'll compare reviews. And uh, yeah, you can, you, can, you, can, you can choose books that have been reviewed favourably on, on, on both sites. But anyway, uh, so thanks for that, Emily. Um, and then I also had uh, a message from Robert Gowans who says, uh, thanks for the uh, Michael Gerber podcast, very inspiring and I've listened to it twice now. Um, Michael provides a deep and a more profound than usual perspective on what it means to be an entrepreneur. One of the best small biz pods so far. Great stuff and keep up the good work. So thanks ever so much, Robert, for that. Robert did actually a really interesting post which inspired me to write about um, iFoods.tv's appearance on Dragon's Den. If you check out uh, that post on the Small Biz Pod blog at smallbizpod.co.uk forward slash blog, then yeah, then then you'll reach Robert's post too, which is a, a if you're interested in uh, sort of search engine or, or uh, online marketing for sites assessing which sites are doing well. Robert has some really interesting uh, views there. So that's great. Also, whilst I'm talking about the blog, Jill Millington, who many of you may know actually from online, uh, who's a bit of a kind of financial guru for small businesses, uh, is has agreed to write for Small Biz Pod once a month on that very topic. So uh, welcome, Jill. Thanks very much. Check out her site at newbranch.co.uk, although I think it got hacked recently, which uh, is a, a horrible, horrible thing to happen. By the time you listen to this with a touch of luck, I'm touching wood, it'll be back up. So um, thanks uh, ever so much to Jill for uh, doing that. 
And then uh, also had a, an email from Henry, uh, who uh, is at Spherical Images Limited. And uh, yeah, he just said how much he enjoyed the podcast and gave me some details about a virtual reality photography uh, gallery. And so he likes the music too. So thanks for that, Henry. And then also um, David, who is an Italian who used to live in London and is now... Uh, where is he now? I can't remember where he is now. He may be in Singapore or something. Is that right? I don't know. I'll have to check. <laughs> but anyway, he writes in to say... Uh, he is in Singapore. He's working as a freelancer. He's a conference producer and consultant. Uh, and he uh, he's just finished listening to the uh, podcast with CEO Will King, King of Shaves, and enjoyed the Rachel Elner and, and Michael Gerber one too. Uh... Very nice. Thanks for getting in touch. Um, and we should talk. I have an idea for a conference, so um, David and I uh, will uh, we'll talk about that. Well, I think that is just about it now. That's the end of the comment. So just to remind you, thank you for listening. It's always, always, always a great pleasure to know that somebody's listening out there. And more of you, more of you are. So, you know, this is a, the, the podcast for startups and entrepreneurs and people who are thinking about setting up their own business. So thank you for listening. Do spread the word. It, it really is basically the way uh, Small Biz Pod survives, just with the, the goodwill and word of mouth that you guys can bring. So thank you ever so much for uh, doing that. Do tell all your friends, colleagues and anyone else who will care to listen. Uh, also, if you fancy joining the Facebook site the the small biz pod group on facebook head over to smallbizpod.co.uk and click on the little f facebook button there or just uh search small biz pod on facebook and join the group as i say over 500 people there already so you won't be alone <laughs> okay which brings me to the music now the music has been playing little snippets of the music uh, under the interviews at shine and it is in fact um, a chill out track by a group called Blue Tribe and it's simply called Buddha Bar with many thanks to Iota Promenade. <laughs> 